0: Funding for this podcast comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink Software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at mathworks.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
1: Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell.
0: That's perfect. <laughs> perfect way to put it. Dunnish well, as we in, might
3: meme again. We could meme again. The meme riders could ride again, right?
0: You never know when the meme riders will take flight.
3: Does that mean we're riding on something that flies?
0: I'm flying. If you wanna walk or drive, you go for it, but I'm flying.
3: <laughs> Good.
0: But the ish is because we, we've released our last full meme episode as of last week. But today we have one kind of final installment, which is this Twitter Spaces chat that we did with NPR all about memes. And we were joined by a couple members of our meme chorus. So we had Amanda Brennan there, the meme librarian. We had Kenyatta Cheese, who's the co-founder of the site Know Your Meme. And then we had Ryan Broderick, who writes the newsletter Garbage Day is all about different internet-y things.
3: Yeah, and you should check out all of their work. Uh, and in the meantime, take a listen to all of us chatting about memes and about our season
0: to close out year of our memes twenty twenty one.
3: Oh yes, and what is a that year it's been! Offensive
0: to say is that sacrilegious?
3: <laughs> Not to my meme lords. <laughs> Kenyatta, Amanda, Ryan, thank you for hanging out with us today.
1: Thanks for having us here.
3: Yeah, thank you. This is super fun.
0: <laughs> Amanda, I'll I'll toss this to you first, which is just I think we should start with the baseline uh, definition of a meme. What what do you feel like is is maybe the the OG definition of a meme? And then obviously Kenyatta and Ryan, feel free to jump in as well.
1: Yeah. So. A meme is an idea, a piece of content. It's not just a picture with words on it. It can be a a type of phrase. It could be like vocal fry, the way we talk about the way we talk is a meme. Um, But it spreads from person to person, changes and iterates along the way.
0: Is there a difference between a meme definitionally and a modern day or an internet meme? And I'll let anyone jump in with that. Oh, I don't think so.
1: I... I think internet memes are weirder, and allow yeah. you to get more into uh, a different kind of headspace. But that's really the only difference.
4: Yeah, I would say that there's a slight difference online because you can like track them more clearly. Mm. So they 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 tend to move faster. Like I, I always like the joke that the first meme I was ever aware of was when everyone in the '90s started wearing their baseball hats backwards for some reason.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: Or like the first time I watched like people at the Oklahoma State Fair do the macarena, but I didn't know what the macarena was yet. And oh. I feel like these sort of things are memes. But now online, you can just very easily find out like why everyone is touching their arm in a certain spot on TikTok. Yeah. And I feel like that has an effect on them. But you know, but they're more or less the same. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like one eight seven seven cars for kids.
4: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Kenyatta can you are you
0: um able to may, I, I think I've heard you chime in at different points a little bit here and there can you hear us can you talk
2: I can hear you oh beautiful because <laughs> I, I wanted
0: I wanted to ask you Kenyatta, <laughs> since since you're kind of um you kind of introduced the the general public to the idea of memes through know your meme this, this was like 2010 that know your meme got started is that right
2: um, I, I actually uh, uh, don't remember anymore because time is a flat <laughs> circle, but it, 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 it
0: was a while ago. I mean, in internet years, it was yeah. like a century ago, but yeah. but I yeah. think it was about a decade ago. And, and why did it occur to you a decade ago that this is something that should be cataloged, these internet memes?
2: Um, so... First, uh, there were a bunch of folks who were already cataloging, uh, who were sort of tracking internet memes, um, but they were sort of doing it in ways that were kind of inaccessible to the world, like Encyclopedia Dramatica. I don't know if any of you folks remember, the, remember that. And so, um, and so, the thing that that we saw, that we who were working in there, meme at the time saw happening was that like. Other folks like us who were, were getting in there and being like, oh, here's some interesting thing, here's something interesting happening in a meme world. Let me take it and bring it over here to like this work thing I'm doing. And then all of a sudden you saw a meme show up in like advertising. You saw a meme show up in um, in all these sort of like places, professional places where people were making money off of them, but they weren't giving credit back to the community. Mm-hmm. And so we were so we thought that, hey, this is something that, you know, if, if no one else is gonna give credit, we we need to be the ones to do that. Kenyatta, one of the things, one of the pull quotes from, from the series that
3: we've made on Endless Thread that I love so much um, that came from you is that, and I hope I get it right here, it was in our uh, episode about the Gregory Brothers. I think you mm. said, um, memes are the final boss level of appropriation.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, um, they are the idea uh, that nothing is sacred and not only can I take somebody else's joke can only kind of take somebody else's thought and somebody else's idea and like make a version of my own that is useful to the people who I'm in conversation with. Once you kind of get rid of that place, it becomes this thing where everybody can kind of borrow from one another and there's like, cool, really, really great things about that. But because we have all these like, you know, power dynamics that we haven't been able to figure out, it also means that like things can get a little messed up, right, when all of a sudden, you're appropriating and we see it all the time when, when when artists appropriate uh things from 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 cultures and spaces that they're that isn't theirs right mm. and then and then all of a sudden you know that's a, you know that's that's a big freaking issue so it, it and you know it's a, a lot of and, but you know the, the approach that we've always had was a lot of depends on whether or not you're of that culture first um whether or not you can contribute back which means not necessarily having to like be born into it but being able to contribute back to that culture in a way that allows you to pull stuff out and you know when when i look at all this when i look at all the when i look at the state of like memes now we i feel like we see a lot more of that which is great right folks being be realizing that like when i'm put when i'm taking appropriating this joke this image macro from over here in my private facebook group um my private anti-vax facebook group I'm not, I'm not actually, here. <laughs> but whatever it is, right? And then I and then I cross posted over here. Read I cross posted over here to Twitter um, that uh, I'm bringing some of the context with it in shit. Yeah,
0: something that's um, going to come up. I mean, it's come up throughout our meme series, but I think it's going to come back for the episode that's coming out this Friday quite a bit. Is the difference between a viral piece of content and a. Oh, gosh a meme or a memetic piece of content. Um, So who wants who wants to take that one? What's what's the difference? What is the difference between a something that goes viral and something that is a meme? Oh, boy.
1: (laughs) It's so it's so tough because the line for for me, the line is that iteration. So I think if there is no remix or like someone making it their own, that's when it stays in that viral ether
4: yeah like for instance like alex from target was like a viral thing yeah but then there weren't more like cute target boys <laughs> like, <it didn't> become <laughs> a meme. um whereas like the harlem shake was a viral song that then produced more videos of the dance mm. so mm. i I, it's, I guess that's maybe the, the most academic framework i could provide for that
3: <laughs> um ryan um can you tell us a little bit this is backtracking a little bit but I'm just curious I mean you're you're it feels like you're logging this stuff every day or every other day or every week you know your 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 newsletter has become essential reading for me but can you talk about how memes factor into your work on garbage day like how do you think about them work with them write about them is it really central to the sort of mission of the newsletter
4: so Writing about memes I think is really hard uh, especially in a newsletter format because you, you, you the best way to write about a meme is to kind of show it right yep. so the way I, I kind of do it is like if I see a meme on two or more platforms so like if I see the same meme happening on uh, Tumblr and Twitter I think okay so it's probably time to explain it to like normal folks who just want to understand culture um, and then there's like a bunch of those types of things that don't pass the test. Like they're, like Amanda will definitely know this, but there was a huge uh, joke on Tumblr recently called There Are Many Benefits to Being a Marine Biologist. And <laughs> I never it, – it's impossible to explain. And I never really wrote about it because I thought like, okay, there isn't a ton of public interest there. You know, it's like, is this going to pop up? in a Wendy's tweet um, uh, a week from now, and people are gonna under, like, you know, is is the Nutter Butter account gonna make a joke about this? Like, do I need to explain this to people? And that's sort of how I follow things, just because I, I think that a lot of things now come through so fast that there's no real point in logging them in a newsletter. Obviously, yep. you know, your meme is doing like a directory of this and, and they're building this sort of like archive, but for a newsletter, it's sort of like I'm waiting for them to get to a certain size.
2: There, there used to be this thing. Um, I, I like the way you just explained that because there used to be this thing that we used to do. You no, know you mean is we used to say that. Well, um, because we couldn't like do an entry on everything, and this is before like there was a, this like tremendous community that was there, kind of like finding interesting things happening, and then going ahead and like dropping the entry into the database, and then that everyone else could build on later, right? Because anybody can go and contribute to it, which is great. But one of the things that was one of the distinctions we tried making was, oh, has this jumped from like place to place? Did it did it jump from Tumblr, over to like where uh, all of a sudden it's it's showing up on Deviant Art in some weird (laughs) way? And if so, it's like, oh, that sort of transmission from community to community makes it feel like it's more than just an in joke that's just going to sit on in this one space. But but to Ryan's point, like later, like that doesn't mean that like months from now somebody's mm-hmm. not going to make a joke that's going to be like partially based in that one Tumblr meme from way yeah. back then, and then people aren't going to have any reference at all and that's harder right? That's
4: yeah, yeah. happening so often now too like it's so crazy right now we're in this like, really weird moment where stuff that was viral like six to nine months ago from like a one-off Tumblr post or like a random Twitter thread it just blows up out of nowhere it's so weird.
1: I have <sighs> a theory on this. Um, oh, yeah. But before I get into it, to touch on <laughs> what both you and Kenyatta were saying is like, now that I am in an agency and not platform side, I really encourage everyone on my team to kind of share the memes they are seeing because the internet is so algorithmically driven now that like we all have our own internets. So if I want to verify that something is memetic, like I will need to see it a couple places. But also, I want to hear that the 24 year old on the other team. But, oh, nope. I think her? we lost. Am I, we lost oh, am I still you're bad. here? You're back. You're uh, yeah, yeah. My, I hit donkey. my time limit for the day on Twitter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> which uh, we lost, uh, we lost very, you right
0: after the word 24 year old yeah but i want to
1: know that the 24 year olds are also seeing it because that affirms to me that it's not just like in my weird pocket of the internet it's in theirs too hmm. um but my theory about why TikTok is now finding all of these weird what off tumblr memes is because they're trying to out weird each other like the internet <laughs> like mm. we're talking about context and lenses and all of these things and we just keep pushing the boundary of what memes or what you can like make memes about or but people are trying to tap into these feelings that other people on the internet have had and just trying to weird out weird each other.
4: I, I also think like TikTok has like created this really interesting culture where like every facet of a TikTok is trendable. So like the audio mm-hmm. can trend, the yes. filters can trend, the text even like the motions, or or like what you're doing in it, like, like you know, the the the, the TikTok face is a face now. Like the people <laughs> make the the like older millennial TikTok voice is, hey guys, well you know, like it, it's it's happening. <laughs> and I think it's just like turning everything into trending content. It's so mm-hmm. fascinating.
3: Um, oh, we got a question um, from from Aunt Pruitt. Aunt, my question for the panel is regarding copyright has there ever been anything to address potential copyright issues when it comes to memes because you take the popular show the office and how there there's a gazillion memes just in one episode um has there any has there ever been anything to come about copyright infringement for that stuff okay nobody say nft or blockchain (laughs) just kidding just kidding go ahead
4: Um, So, yeah, I mean, the answer is yes, all the time, right? Like, um, there was, like, even a brief phase, I think, like, five or six years ago, where, like, Disney wanted to scrape all the Disney GIFs from the internet. I think that, like, it was briefly floated that that was a possibility. And, like, nobody really knew, like, how copyright works. But I I I do think that is beginning to change, um, particularly with with audio on TikTok, where, you know, it's now, like, how people find music. And so I suspect like as viral, as virality gets more closely connected to um, like actual economic capital, I think companies will become like more understanding of like how to create media that can be like iterated on. Mm -hmm. But I think right now there is a very weird tension where we have like probably the the most amount of media monopolies maybe ever. You know, like there's like three companies that own all of culture. And then we have like an entire internet experience based around ripping apart that intellectual property and doing whatever we want with it. And so it is like a really funny tension to to be in right now. But I, I think things are beginning to finally shift after like 20 years of kind of a weird copyright cold war.
1: Talking about it from like a person, like you are a person and you go viral, like that's one whole other story with layers of context. And I think a lot about like people who have accidentally gone viral for like, There was a story earlier this week of a person on TikTok um, who then was accused of being a serial killer. Uh, That is like one whole other thing. Hmm.
0: You know, most days I look at the the internet, the various platforms that I am on and follow, and I I see memes being created, and I just think like, damn, people are so creative. (laughs) And then yesterday, my husband sends me this tweet that, Uh, It's from someone who goes by the vibe formerly known as Julian. And the tweet says between the urban dictionary, I won't use the swear word between the urban dictionary ish and the bus ish. It's 100% clear that we're in a meme recession. And this tweet took off. It has 205,000 likes. And so I just started thinking about that because I've never thought of us as being in a meme recession. But did any of you see that tweet? Does that resonate with you? Do you feel like we're we have lost some creativity as of late?
4: Okay, I have I have some passionate thoughts about this. Yeah. yeah. So I I saw this tweet. Um, So first we go through like basically a cycle every nine months to 10 months right like a boom bust, then, if
3: you will a boom in, a for, boom
4: for bust. sure and and even complaining about a lack of memes mm. is itself at this point i mean i know i've lived through claims that this was it was all over like at least a dozen two dozen times so yeah there's a lot of memes that like kind of come back around over and over again like the been dictionary one but then there's like brand new ones happening like at a pace that we've never even seen before so uh, it's uh, it's interesting. I guess I'll 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 put it at that. It's it's interesting that that is itself a meme, complaining about a lack of memes.
0: We're um, we have about fifteen minutes left to go, so this is I I will consider this maybe my last call to people out there for your questions. You just hit the request to speak button, and then you can get invited into the conversation if you have burning meme thoughts or thoughts about meme boom times or recession times. And if they're still there, I think we have either Stefan or Stefan Hayden. Either way. Love it. Are you there? Can you jump in?
4: Like so much much talk about memes is about like the large culture of memes and what memes are breaking out. But are there like different ways to think about them when they're happening in like smaller communities? So many times on like Patreon or Twitch or Discord, like there's like these small communities creating memes. And like, are there like different ways to think about how they stay small as opposed to the ones that blow
3: up?
0: I love this question.
3: Same.
0: Who wants to take it?
1: Amanda, do you have thoughts on on memes, smaller memes? I have so many thoughts. And and I think it kind of ties back to what Ryan was just saying about like that understanding of a good meme and like some people see that meme and they recognize it and they're like, "Oh, this needs to stay within this group." So they don't want to share it out further. And I think I'm in a lot of smaller Patreons that have like, you know, discord spaces where we'll have like, it's just more inside jokes. But I think people are starting to recognize like, Hey, I'm going to cherish this meme and not spread it. I know it's good, but you know, I don't want it to get bigger.
3: I know we only have a few minutes left, but I guess one big question that I think we've tried to think about as we've reported this series on this thread, um, with the help of um, you know, Ryan, Amanda, Kenyatta, and, and many others, is um, are memes fundamentally changing how we communicate with each other? And I'm curious if Ryan, Amanda, Kenyatta, if you guys have an answer to that question.
1: I think they've made us a lot more vulnerable and have provided a way to be vulnerable without using words. And I think that's why there's been such a shift to talking about like mental health and uh the great resignation and just being honest with each other
3: <laughs> wow i love that answer ryan
1: i i think
3: we're
4: able to, to, to amanda's point i think we're able to express very complex feelings and thoughts via internet content but i think there's also this really interesting thing where once we've put it out, like once we've put a joke or a relatable idea or a trend onto the internet, we can look at it and then we can start to change it. And so I think we're, we're at this really weird moment where, like I think Gen Z in particular are becoming a lot more aggressive about like using the internet content we've already archived and then making new things out of that. So we're now we're like, we're like six layers of remix deep. And things are beginning really interesting. I think we're going to start like finding like new ways of expressing ourselves or or new subcultures to identify as because we, we can now see everything. And I, I think I think it's it's like that like that idea where it's like if you can observe something you you inherit you change it. And I think that's kind of what memes are doing at the moment is that we're we're by the very fact that know your meme exists. And is archiving them, or the very fact that you know people like me and Amanda are are, are trend spotting and, and doing this work, is changing it. And and I'm really excited and horrified to see what comes next, because I think <laughs> the GameStop pump to me was the moment where I looked at it and I was like, oh shit. Okay, sorry if I wasn't supposed to curse no, there, no, but I literally I, I, yeah. I literally went, oh, uh-oh. uh oh, when when the GameStop pump happened, because that to me was kind of like the Avengers level threat of the internet that was the moment where i said like the like memes have altered the economy oh uh, and i felt a similar way with donald trump where it's like we're now seeing like internet content changing reality because we can we can look at it fully and we can we can see it and so i'm, I'm kind of horrified and very excited to see where that goes <laughs> <laughs>
3: So I think we have room, just a few more minutes, and we will get cut off at the top of the hour, so um, thanks to everyone for participating, but we have a few more minutes, and I want to try to throw it to Not Oral History, if they are here and ready to um, ask a quick question before we close yeah.
5: I'm here. Thank you so much. Um, I'm actually a cultural anthropologist, and so Ooh. I want... Yeah I know and I love your awesome. stuff. I love this conversation. Um I wanted to bring up two things. One is what do you think about memes and circulation and consumption and remixing beyond English language US centered so different cultural contexts, different languages. Um what are are you looking at that at all? Do you think that that is something that we can do as like very American focused internet users in general and then number two I wanted to say that in terms of what Stefan said about um smaller communities another thing that's happening that I've observed is like different marginalized communities are actually circulating and creating memes that are sort of empowering or at least allow them to resist so like disability and chronic illness communities so I just wanted to add that in there Thanks.
3: Yeah, does anyone want to speak to that? Thanks. Thanks for your, your um, supportive comments and your, your question.
2: Yeah, I will I'll jump in first. I'll just say that uh, absolutely, oh, we concur. So absolutely, fucking yes. Um, <laughs> the 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 <laughs> the interesting thing has been seeing the ways that memes have 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 never been a uh, English only or or sort of Western centric. Uh, phenomenon. It is um, it is global, um, and to see the ways that those happen that, that happens in other places um, is fascinating because we see it outside of our own context. There are lots of different places, um, lots of places through uh, internet spaces throughout Africa where you see sort of formats like image macros being taken and, and used in ways that are very local and make <laughs> and just absolutely fantastic ways. Um, you see it throughout the Middle East. In uh, I have seen it in in different Asian countries, specific Asian countries, where it's used as a way of uh, both personal expression, uh, especially because it's a picto- because these are pictographic-based communities. Mm-hmm. They're able to fit so much more in an image macro than we are. So those like complex ideas that feel like you know that feel like credit, kind of like to Amanda's point or um where all of a sudden we have a format for expressing many ideas in one place in one way it's like they're already on some like arrival heptapod shit which is amazing um (laughs) and i think there's a there's a piece that maybe if there's ever part two it'd be great to talk about how where what was the precursor for beams. and um although the the like bifurcation point that starting point that we were talking about a lot of in our culture comes from um western like Context that was dominated by a particular type type of user. Yeah. Um, I I personally feel like the prior art for uh, for this was hip hop uh, before it was on the internet before before we did it uh, this way. Uh, we did through you know, remix culture. Um, a lot of the ideas behind uh, and you know behind the way that uh, that hip hop was was structured and and the different roles that you play in constructing a um, hip hop track um are the same things you see in memes. So yes, absolutely. So whether it's it's uh, communities that it's I, I I think that a lot of us has has deep, deep roots in marginalized communities where those ways of having to work around ways of expression, work around censorship, work around uh, ways where your speech wasn't accepted and been put out on you know being put out there in a way that like you can get around those those censors, like it actually has its it has its roots in those spaces. I just want to say a
3: quick And hearty thank you to Kenyatta, Ryan, and Amanda um, for participating uh, in this conversation. Um, Kenyatta, co-founder of Know Your Meme, Amanda Brennan, meme and internet librarian, Ryan Broderick, author of the Garbage Day newsletter. Please go check out their work, follow them, and um, please consider listening to Endless Thread. All right, folks, that was our Twitter Spaces chat about memes with some of our meme chorus members and our internet friend Ryan Broderick. We have a lot of new stuff coming in 2021, which we're really excited about. We're working on new episodes right now. Um, (laughs) You mean 2022?
0: Oh, shit. (laughs) What is time? <laughs> what is time, Amory? No, I, I think, yeah, I wouldn't edit that for a bit. I think you just perfectly <laughs> captured how we're all feeling.
3: <laughs> yes, more of the hamster wheel, folks. More of the <laughs> hamster wheel. But, but seriously, we do have a, a bunch of episodes that we're working on. We're really excited about returning um, to our Different Story Every Week format with you, for you. So hang tight while we drop a couple of our favorite episodes into the feed over the holidays. And take a listen to our back catalog if you want to hear some stuff you haven't heard before. That's great because there is a lot of it. So check it out.
1: Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one.